0: Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the My Fantasy Fix, Fantastics My Fantasy Fix, DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, it's one of the five big ones. It's not one of the majors, but it is the next in the packing order. It's the Players' Championship. I'm very excited for the tournament this week. But before we step forward, we'll take a step back, look back to the Arnold Palmer, Palmer Invitational from Bay Hill last week. And any, uh, final thoughts that we take from that? I will tell you that, uh, I enjoyed the Sunday finish. I didn't quite hit the winner, but, uh, I had a good betting week in a sense of top sixes. So I love the finish. I would have liked to have seen Gary finish a little stronger, but I will say this. I thought that the, uh, course really showed a great finish, even though it was very difficult with a handful of guys right there at the, uh, at the final, final two, three holes.
1: When you said the fifth event, uh, major event, I thought you were talking the John Deere Classic. So you disappointed <laughs> me that it wasn't this week. Um, I'm sorry. Would have been it's a little wet around here, so it'd be tough conditions. Um, yeah, boy, I could use Hovland to win because that would or Hatton would have been a great winner for me. Even Chris Kirk off on DraftKings, I had my only six of six had all three of those guys, but um, but still this week and oh, uh, just more heartbreak for the show for you and I with the. Another second-place finish in the old betting markets uh, getting getting run down, I guess, a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, Woodland, man, what a heartbreak. Like, he, you know, gets that eagle on 16 and then double 17. 17 <clears throat> looked impossible, by the way, on Sunday.
0: Yeah it seemed like the wind was really against uh against anybody that wanted to have any kind of hope and it was just it was nearly impossible right to get anything remotely close to the pin two putt pars were a challenge right like and I know Rory came out and said
1: something about you know it was, you know kind of unfair that like good shots are getting punished and that's you know I kind of feel like like if you, I mean I know it's a narrow part of green but Man, if you're about the pin back there, you got to make sure that players can actually hold the green, not you know, have to land it basically like a yard past the water in, in the rough just to kill it enough to get to there. So I understand his point, but man, um, still a pretty good finish. Like Scheffler, what do he do? Uh, try to hit out of a tree? He got advanced to 20 yards. being all world par, even 18. I think he had to lay up after being in a rough from like 50 yard, you know, 50 yards away. And hits a Pretty good chip to make the putt uh, to win it. I mean, that was just, you know, Scheffler's second win in a month or so because he won in Phoenix. Like, here it comes, I
0: guess. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, to be honest with you, he was one of the few guys that almost birdied 17, if you will. I don't know what the almost birdie count was at the end of Sunday, but his his birdie putt just uh, just fell short and was curling right into the cup. So he was uh, the one guy he was on point at the end. Yeah, uh, Scheffler looked great, but I, I enjoyed the, the fact that we had the Hatton, yes. Horschel, Woodland, um kirk was pretty much out of it by the time we got to the very end but those guys along with sheffler i thought that was an awesome finish with a bunch of bunch of horses kind of trying to eke out and get that win so i'll tell you what i did
1: um I, this was about 230 eastern lucas herbert had just finished and he was he was low man of the day at minus four you know minus four for the day, minus two overall. He was sitting there at 150 to one. I bet him because Hovland was in the lead at the time, only you know, at minus six, and the way they had played that back nine on Saturday, I'm like, and with all the other scores going, on, I'm like, oh, jeez, if this thing's if this thing gets out of control, Herbert's in the house at minus two at 150 to one. And like, I'll take a chance on this one, and it didn't materialize, but it was it was it wasn't far fetched.
0: I want to say that that ended up being T seven. So only six guys were ahead of that number towards a playoff that you put at 150 to one. I remember I was driving. So I was listening to the uh, radio broadcast yep. early in the day and the radio guy said something along those lines, like two under um, Lucas Herbert, he's going to have to stick around because he might still have golf to play later in the day. And I was like, they're out of their mind. And then all of a sudden I'm watching and by the time Hatton got in the clubhouse at four under, I went, that's got a real chance to win for sure. And I guess it did have a chance to win as it was T2.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So um,
1: for me, though, I think, the, and, I, and I did not watch any of what I'm about to say, but I think the coolest golf story of the weekend was not API.
0: Yeah, I caught a little bit of that out of Puerto Rico, yeah.
1: I mean, you have your final start on your minor medical, and you need to win or solo second to retain your tour card and not only does Ryan Brem win, he wins. Didn't he win by seven?
0: He won by a good mar- margin, if I'm not mistaken, yeah.
1: I mean, incredible. I think his wife was the caddy. It's just like
0: That is correct.
1: Incredible. Like, I love those stories. Like, that's just great. Like, good and
0: player. if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Chris Kirk, a guy who's had a really good run here of late, and I'm gonna talk about later in this sh- the broadcast here, he just Retained his card not too long ago in the same fashion, right? Not with a win, but a second place when he needed a second, right?
1: I don't remember. I mean, I know you won a Corn Ferry Tour events after the when we came back from COVID two years ago, but I don't remember his exact stance.
0: Okay, I could be uh, completely wrong there, and I, mean, I think that was the case.
1: Sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember that one.
0: That's fair. I'm I'm speculating. I think that was the case. I won't swear to it.
1: Well, I mean, if you remember, this was also the um, I think this was the tournament a few years ago where Poulter was about to lose his tour card. Oh no, it was right before because he had lost his minor medical, and Brian Gay, who was in a similar set, you know, looked and said, "Wait a minute, there is a miscalculation here because we still should be going off the old calculations." Him and Poulter eventually get their tour cards because there was an error in the calculations, and I think that was a year. See Wu won, Poulter finished second here.
0: I do not remember all of that, uh, going on and, but, but kudos to Brian Gay.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it was him who sa- who basically saved, um, him and Poulter by realizing that it was, there was a calculation error.
0: Poulter should, uh, Poulter should, should buy him a, a, a Lamborghini or something then.
1: I think there was some talk about some, sending some bottles of wine or I don't know, I'm sure Poulter did something, but, um. I,
0: I, I imagine he did.
1: Maybe we got maybe got Brian you a nice uh, MasterCard uh credit limit for a while.
0: Pro yeah, a little a little little pre prepaid cash card.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I gotta, gotta suck with the sponsor a little bit.
0: Skeeter, anything else from the uh the Arnold Palmer before we move forward to the players? Um
1: no, outside of the fact that's you know I I mean six of six was really high, so Oh
0: my god, I had I think I had six or seven out of my ten, six of sixes.
1: Well, I only had one because you know when you play two lineups with a guy who shoots eighteen over par, you know, that's just not gonna work out very well for you, Kevin. No, but you know
0: But I had six of sixes that didn't cash, so I'm not I'm not really bragging about anything special here.
1: Right. Well, I,
0: mean, <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean it happens on these tournaments. You get the wrong guy,
1: especially the way the weekend played. I mean I mean heck, I had Lee Westwood who Saturday through – the first nine was three under, like, all right, three on the round. I think he was,
0: he moved up to the first page of the board.
1: Yeah. And then from there, I think he shots like 11 over this final 27 holes. Like they were just disaster. So I was like, oh, great. Yeah,
0: sounds like a scorecard I can put together. Well, actually not really.
1: Yeah. I would have had a lot more uh, squares. That's, than, uh, that's correct. Deleted, would I had but, squares
0: uh, around squares around squares.
1: Yes, yes, I would have, or the the dreaded other, or like I'll play. All right, ten shots on the hole. I'm picking up and moving on.
0: Yes, a uh, a DNF for the hole.
1: Or just take my yeah, just take my automatic ten and say, okay, you know what? Hey, the next hole's ready. New
0: hole. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's take it to the players then. The next course is ready for us and. Well, it's TPC Sawgrass, Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Skeeter, it's uh, it's it's TPC Sawgrass, man. It's a uh, it's a unique beast, right? The Pete Dye special. It's a course where, right? I'm I'm watching the coverage, not only getting ready last week, but getting ready today too. And the the conversation is, it takes a golfer that can do everything well right now. So when we talk about courses, we talk about stats you're looking for. Is there something that separates a guy or two from the field that does everything better? What stats, if any, really stand out to you this week?
1: I mean, I think for that reason, Tita Green certainly plays a role. Like you're going to have to be able to scramble a little bit. Obviously you're going to have to avoid water because there's still a ton of water on this course, just like we've seen the first two Florida events. So those usual stats, putting, of course, comes in, um, it's a weird one, too, where I think you want to look at birdies and bogeys. Like, there's going to be enough birdies that, you know, you're, you're going to have to get in the double digits, I believe, on part par to win unless the wind kicks up. And apparently there might be some weather this week, so that might uh, might throw some things off. But then also, because of the water and there are some tough uh, holes, some tough layups, I think you got to find a way to avoid bogeys as well. So it's one of those things, you know, bogey avoidance, probably is a little more emphasized than birdies for me but boy if you can do both those work i believe there's five holes between 450 and 500 yards so i'm looking at the par fours in that range and just the par fives there's four of them they're i think they're pretty scoreable par fives from what i remember so um yeah looks like there's some weather rain potentially this week apparently um like Augusta, Sawgrass has that sub air system, so they can make the greens whatever speed they want, or they can dry them out fairly quickly. But this term is pretty random. Like, there's not many guys where you look and say, "Oh, they have like immaculate course history." Like, you know, sometimes we see those courses where, "Oh, it's you know, we see ten guys who have played well here." Like Adam Scott's, like one of the very few who I don't see a missed cut on, but. Who's played here multiple times? Like Brian Hartman, for example. You know, three top tens, three missed cuts, and a couple fiftieth place finishes. So it just there's some randomness that happens at this event, and I think I think ownership's something I'm going to kind of keep an eye on. Like, if somebody gets real popular, this course can swallow you up, and you know, kind of play a little bit of game theory this week. Because other than that, this is a tough course to kind of figure out.
0: Yeah, you looked at course history, and I guess before we get into uh, individual players, I just, I wondered if a player fit, and you mentioned uh, one, and I was thinking of another, um, if it all had a player fit, it would maybe be a person that's, when they're on, they're putting well, but their weakness is putting because the other weaknesses maybe cost you more strokes on this course, or am I, am I reaching for something there? I don't think so, I mean, you know, you say bad putters, I mean, well, you mentioned Adam Scott, and I'm thinking Hideki, who had a couple miscuts, cuts but has a pretty good uh, course history here, and the putter can fail him from time to time, and I was thinking, those guys feel safer here because if they have a bad day putting, they're at least not going in the water when they're doing that.
1: Right, I mean, like Siwoo Kim, Sergio Garcia, Siwoo can of course, be anywhere. Sergio, not a great putter. Rory, mm-hmm. not the best putter. Um, Phil, who's not playing. Ricky, I think, was a decent putter. Um, he coach. used to be. Kuchar, he's an average putter. Justin Thomas has his putting issues. Um, I don't remember. Jason Day not putting issues. Not at all. Stenson, I feel like he's had some putting issues in the past. I could be wrong on that one.
0: Webb did, but not when he was. By the time he won it, he had figured it out.
1: Right. So I mean, it just it's. I mean, you see like Tiger, you see Phil Davis Love the Third, like. You don't see a ton of random winners. Like, was it Paul Goyos might be, like, one of the more random winners? Justin Leonard's a winner. KJ Choi. Like, I mean, there's some good names. Bart Keimer back in the mid-2010s, I think. When he one. was
0: winning majors and Ryder Cups?
1: Yeah, so. And this also kind of sometimes is that, that kind of that – Next step before you win a major, like we, we all thought Ricky was going to do that, that never came about. Sergio won this. It took him a little bit while for a major. Se Woo kind of made this jump. their web kind of a resurgence after his U.S. Open win. So, don't, yeah, it's 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 a, a pretty r- random tournament. Not that most golf tournaments are aren't, but there tends to be a lot more variance here. Top sixty-five in ties. It's a full hundred fifty-six player field. If you want, you know, ESPN, I mean, they have this will be the all out coverage because this is basically the PGA Tour's home course. And I believe they'll have enough cameras that you can watch any player you want their entire round. So, yes, James, you can uh, have the Charlie Hoffman feed.
0: Okay. I'm not trying to get any stalking charges against me or anything, but uh, maybe online stalking at a, at a public event is okay.
1: I mean, he's
0: talked about um, Memorial a few years ago. You know, I followed him. That's saying uh, you know, and it was you know, I whenever he looked at me weird, I just say oh, I'm here for Boo Weekly. <laughs> so it was, it was okay. It's Everything I had to wear right. a green glove. Boo looked at me and went, "Okay, yes." He was like, "He's like, sir, why are you wearing that glove if you're not playing?" I said, "Don't worry about it, and good luck, Seagull." <laughs>
1: Was it wasn't, wasn't uh, like everybody else following Tiger? You're like one of like ten people just following that.
0: Group. I wanna say Tiger and Rory were on the course together while I was following them. And yes, I was the only person following them outside of what I can only imagine were uh, relatives and close friends. Um I was I was I was a gallery of one.
1: I mean That's you know, I, okay. think, I think you should be considered a close friend at that point.
0: I I was closer than they wanted me to be, I I would think. <laughs> Skeeter, are we ready to get into this field here at the Players?
1: Yes. I felt like there was one other thing I was going to say, but I don't remember what that was. Well, so let's just go.
0: All right. Well, when you come up with it, throw it at me. Okay. Let's get into this field. It's the best field in, in golf all year, and it's pretty evident when you get into the numbers. You start at the top 10K. It's John Rum at 11 1. Then it's Rory McElroy, 10 8. Colin Mor- Morikawa is 10 7. Justin Thomas is 10 4. Victor Hovlin's 10 1. Skeeter. You got a favorite up here?
1: I think for me, it's going to be Morikawa at ten seven. Um, he just kind of seems to pop, and he just does everything really well. Ball striking. The only issue with him is his putter. But as you kind of mentioned, I think when when he starts put when when you get a good putter, it kind of can kind of erase a lot of things. And we've seen Morikawa and he puts when he has a positive putting week.
0: He's hard to beat. He wins. Yeah.
1: And, you know, ROM seems, again, by ROM standards, to be a tad bit off. Rory, I mean, that was a good, encouraging opening round. API after that's not so much. But, I mean, you look at Morikawa, his last four starts, at least on the PGA Tour, I don't have the uh, international ones. Second at CJ Cup, seventh at Zozo, fifth at the determined champions, Second at Genesis, and he gained seven-strokes putting, but he was positive across all all ranges at Genesis. His approaches have been on. And we saw him win in Florida last year at WGC Concession around this time of year. So, I mean, he'll give us a plenty of opportunities, good bogey avoidance player, good approach player. Just the scrambling putting could be a little bit of an issue, but he doesn't have to do that a lot. At 10-7, I just think this is a little bit of a discounts that i'm r- ready to take advantage of
0: i like three guys more than the other two more is my number three okay um so i do like him but i gotta go with hovland dude he is playing outstanding he's won a handful of times here lately uh even though he couldn't quite seal the deal at the end of the round yesterday he was right there he made a shot that Gave him every bit of a chance. I was disappointed that his birdie putt didn't get to the hole on 18. Uh, Like, man, you got to get – like, I get not rolling it by on, I don't know, 15 or 16. But, dude, on 18, come on. You got to get it there when the leader's on the green right there with you. But at any rate, Hovland's been playing so good, dude. I mean, I know he didn't make the cut at waste management, but he's been outstanding. And the cheapest guy here who's obviously shown an ability to win uh, multiple times in recent – This could be that next step for him. I know he doesn't quite have the resume when it comes to the power of wins that Morikawa does, or really any of the other four in this tier. But I like Hovland's discount at 10-1. He's playing great.
1: Yeah. um, He's also projected, as I'm looking right now, second lowest um, ownership. Nice. He's coming around like 10%. Okay. According to Fantasy National on Monday nights, so of course, things could change. But Rory, actually the lowest projected uh, at eight and a half.
0: Not surprising to me.
1: Morikawa the highest, but JT and Rom not far behind. So, huh, I'll just throw Hoblin in my list. I mean, I mean, I'll use him in our league. Which is- I u-
0: and I used him in that bar contest for what it's worth. I used him twice, and I used my number two twice.
1: Who's your number two?
0: I'm going with John Rom. Yeah. He ain't got no holes in his game. He can stand up to the pressure on those final tee, tee shots when he's in it. He's in every tournament. I mean, just give me John Rom here. I understand that um, maybe you say, oh, you know, a T 17 last week. That he had never played that course before and got off to a little bit of a rocky start off the rip, but he came through pretty decent in the end for me. I I, I get it. John Rom. as you said, he doesn't quite have it right now. But he's only 11-1. Like, it's not like a 13K John Rom that we've seen at some tournaments. So, I don't think the price is too prohibitive. And his course history is fine with me. It's as good as anybody else's that hasn't won here.
1: No, and, and certainly, I mean, there's cheap enough player. I mean, there's some really good players in the sevens, like... Oh, yeah. Like that, I mean, you could certainly come up here. You might even be able to play two 10K guys because there's, again, there are some great players in the sevens. So, some
0: I. Some guys in the sixes I like.
1: Yeah, I, I get it. I I don't think Rom's one I end up on, but it's always scary. Like, you know, I could, I could get to Saturday and, oh, Rom's up five. Terrific. <laughs> like, like, I know where this is going. So. I get it. I, I just, I don't think it's one I'm going to be going to.
0: Who is your number two, if you're playing anybody besides Colin?
1: I mean, you want to talk me to Hovland at number two. Um, I have JT mentioned, I mean, for the defending champion. I don't think he's missed a cut here either,
0: so. His history is okay, yeah. No one has ever defended their championship here. This
1: seems like a tough one to defend.
0: Yeah, so JT has an 11th, a 3rd, a 24th, a 35th, a 75th. So no missed cuts, but the 75th uh, was at a year when 82 people made the cut. Oh. So, for what it's worth.
1: I mean, JT was, I mean, 6th at Genesis, 8th at Phoenix, 20th at Farmer's, 5th of the century, tournament champions, 3rd at Mayakoba. So, I mean, he's been playing well. Irons continue to be there. I mean. He's always played well this course. He's number one opportunities gained third. birdies are better. Fourth, T to Green, six in approach. Like he hits everything. Putter, of course, could be a little bit of the issue, but um ten four does not feel like a bad price
0: on him. It does not. You're quite it. you you're you're on um you're right. I, I just I don't know. I I think I like Moracau and Hovland a little bit better right now, and there's probably not, there's probably not a lot to are we both Fade and Rory? I think
1: so. I mean, he, he rates second in my model over past 36 rounds. So I mean, but I don't know. Like, after that round one at API, he just kind of didn't do much. So...
0: Didn't do anything at all. Complaining a little bit about I don't like the mindset. Complaining a little bit about the setup. And I, I know that he's kind of in that role of almost the uh, spokesman, the elder statesman sort of spokesman for the players right now. Um not the players like the tournament but the the group right. of people who play the, the the games. I don't know, man. I just I don't like the I don't like the talking about the course being on the edge and this and that. I maybe he feels like he's the he's obligated to be the one who says something, but I don't like hearing that chatter from a guy before he goes to play a very difficult course. See, that doesn't bother
1: me. Like ro- Rory seems so calculated in his thoughts that he kind of knows exactly what he's saying. And I don't think he lets it bother him. Like, that doesn't bother me.
0: That's fair. Well, are we ready to go to the 9Ks? Yep. All right, let's do it. And we'll do it at the top. It's Patrick Cantlay at 99, Dustin Johnson, 98, Xander Schauffele, 97, Hideki Matsuyama's 96, Cam Smith, 94, Scotty Scheffler, 92. Jordan Spieth, nine K even Skeeter. Where are you starting off as your favorite play in nine K? Well,
1: it won't be it won't be Bryson who withdrew. So, I mean, uh, well,
0: unfortunately for me, anyway.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, yeah, you're getting
1: hosed on that one. Um, Kelly at 9900 just feels like what are we doing here? Um, defending you know FedEx Cup champion. It just I don't know. This feels like. I don't know. As much like Hovland, I th- I think I think uh, Cantley should be probably be a little higher price than him. I mean, I just all around. I mean, he's number one, par five strokes, game over thirty six rounds, fifth and putting, seventh birdies are better, ninth tee to green. It just he rates out so well, and I think he's played well before. He hasn't won here.
0: He's played well, yeah. Not great, but good.
1: Yeah, 22, twenty 23rd, two missed cuts, but this feels like a different Cantlay, and he's just been so consistent over the past, you know, nine months or whatever that, I don't know, at, that, at this, at 9900 maybe it's the psychology of, you know, if he's 10000 it's different, but 9900 you know, there's that little discount, but man, I that, that might be a hard one to get away from for me.
0: Fair enough, and keep in mind, if I'm not mistaken, he was coming off of a little bit of injury last year at the beginning of the season when they played here, and he missed the cut, and they didn't play here in 2020, by the way, keep in mind, uh, well, they
1: as didn't... that
0: one got canceled after one round.
1: Yeah, because uh, well, didn't Hideki shoot like 63 or something ridiculous? And
0: So my favorite in the 9K ra- range is Hideki, who was going to win it that year in 2019. Yeah, I used him in one and done too, which, uh, you know, for, what, for whatever that's worth. Um, so, yeah, I, he did, uh, and Hideki's had pretty good success here. We talked about it a little bit when we were talking about um, the type of golfer to play here, statistic or whatever. But, yeah, Hideki's got to be my number one. I'm not opposed to Cantlay, by the way. He's kind of – there's a couple of plays that I think I like better, but you may have actually moved Cantlay from four to three on my board in this 9K range. I will say this, though, man. I think this range is stacked because this field is stacked. You can start with, uh, like, you know, maybe if you find some 6K plays you like, you could start with uh, a, a couple of guys here maybe four if not three and Cantley can certainly be in that group with me but I'm going Hideki is my favorite um I feel like as I was kind of alluding to before we got uh, into the field he's one of those players that I'm feeling pretty confident right now he'll make the cut his upside is win ability and his downside is still like hang around and won't submarine a lineup for me
1: I mean, it's all based on his putter. I mean, he can submarine his own round. But, yeah, that the upside, you know, you thinking about what happened two years ago. Certainly plays a role here. 17th to green, 11th opportunity 14th approach. I mean, you just never know what version of Hideki you're going to get.
0: So you never know.
1: It's completely fair. I don't think he's one I'm on, but I can't knock it. Um, My number two is probably Cam Smith. Like... You want to talk about all-around players? I mean, we've seen him perform well at the Masters, and
0: yep. he
1: kind of, I mean, granted, I don't think he's going to win the 32-under like he did at the Tournament of Champions. That was insane, but, I mean, he, he he literally rates out well at every single thing I look at. The worst number for him is 48th and scrambling over the past 36 rounds, but he's third of my model, fourth birdies are better, 17 to green, fourth part five strokes gain, like, such a balanced player at 9,400. That's that's pretty attractive on a, on a field like this.
0: I don't disagree with you. But isn't 9,200 Scotty Scheffler even harder oh. to resist? <laughs> Maybe it's not if you're saying Cam Smith's your number two. But I'm looking at Scotty Scheffler. I mean, come on now. First, seventh, first. I am frequently someone who fades the guy who won the week before. But, dude. Last time he finished first, he went to the Genesis. And by the way, in a good field with waste management, thank you very much. He went to the Genesis and finished T7 in Tiger's event, a great field. And then goes to Arnie's event, uh a. Good field, not as good as Genesis and not as good as this one, but still a pretty strong field with a lot of people fighting for that final spot at the end. And he gets it done, wins it again. Scotty Scheffer's on a roll, man. 9,200. That's where I'm going as my number two. He almost was my number one over Hideki, but I feel like Hideki's a little bit more polished, seasoned, where, um, you know, I just, I'm a little more comfortable with him, but I like both of them a ton.
1: I mean,. Here's the thing that I really like about Scheffler. I, I mentioned how, you know, this is one of those courses where you have to have birdies. You know, you want to make birdies, but yet you have to avoid bogeys. Past 36th round, Sky Scheffler, second birdies are better, ninth and bogey avoidance. The only other guy who's top 20 in both those stats for me or is Rom, 17th birdies better, second bogey avoidance, and Cantlay, seventh birdies are better, 13th bogey avoidance. I don't see much wrong with Scheffler either as far as the numbers go. 57 is scrambling his worst, but everything else is right in line. 9,200. Oh, man. I mean, this is like, is he really going to win three out of four?
0: If he gets you a top five from that spot and your winner comes elsewhere, he can still catch a nice lineup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> that's, he's a tough one to kind of figure out, I think.
0: And I normally fade the guy coming off of a win, but I'm, I just can't do it with the way he's playing and, and just everything that's going on with him right now. Um, I will say this, though. For anyone who played the take a drink if if Paul Azinger talks about how the Ryder Cup made Scotty Scheffler a better player, anybody played that game, I hope that you've sobered up yet. Because, my God, I could have – it sounded like Paul Azinger, all he could do was try to take credit for – S- a small bit of Scotty Scheffler's success. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but he said it a million times. We're like, we get it. You were the Ryder Cup captain, and Scheffler's been playing better since then. We get it. I did hear, I did hear him say that a couple times, so. <laughs> God, dude. I was just like, come on. We get it already.
1: Yeah. Um. One guy who I'm not – I don't think I'm going to play him on DraftKings. You know, he's pretty low-owned, but – 40-1, to 1. I never thought I'd see the day I saw 40-1 on Dustin Johnson.
0: It's hard to turn away from that number. It is hard to turn away from that number. And you want to talk about a guy who's played pretty good here. He's played pretty good here, uh, but he's my fade. Um, I just can't get over the fact that he's just not getting it done. But look, after 48th last year, he had a 5th, a 17th, and a 12th, and a 28th before that. So, DJ had showed an ability to play well here. And, you know, he's not from far from here. It's South Carolina. You know, he's only a couple hours north. So, he's familiar with this kind of climate and, and weather and whatnot. I get it. I'm fading him just because DJ hasn't looked good lately.
1: Again, maybe. Uh, yeah, just the people around him, like, you know, I get it. But that's why I think maybe he's just a better bet. Like, just, you know, whatever happens, happens.
0: There's very few times where you could look at me and say, are you interested in DJ at 40-1? to 1? And my answer would be no. I'll put it on principle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that number's not at my book. If it was, I might have to pull the trigger. Uh, what did I tell you he is? He's 35-1. to 1. I mean, I might have to pull the trigger on that because I'm I've thinking about Shane Lowry at not much more. So I might have to pull the trigger on that as much as I'm not going to use him in DraftKings and just let it be.
1: Right. I mean, my fate here is Jordan Smith. Like, that's fair. If you're starting with your driver, I'm not sure our courses in Florida exactly are a good good idea for you.
0: And his course history really not so good either, right? He had one good finish, I think, is all he's ever had here.
1: Might be his debut, and then hasn't done much since.
0: It was. He finished fourth in 2014. His best finish since is a 41st. He's had four missed cuts.
1: Yeah, there's a lot in the eights. I'd rather play instead of him.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. It's it, it, not exactly the course fit for him. Um, that's fair. Well, let's take it to the 8Ks then, and we'll do it at the top with Willie Zalatoris at 89, Daniel Berger's 88, Louis in 87, Brooks Kepka 86, Tony Finau's 85, Joaquin Neiman 84, Sun J M 83, Adam Scott's 82, Billy Horschel's 81, Shane Lowry is 8K even. Skeeter, we've got a player for each number. Is there a favorite for you in this tier?
1: Um, apparently not, because when I went through my initial starring list, I start 8 of the 10 guys in this range, so, I mean, Uh,
0: Again, dude, all these guys seem underpriced versus what we're used to pay for them, where it's like, hell, I could just start a lineup with all 8K guys, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can probably play an all 8K guy. Oh, yeah. I mean... I will. I don't know who my favorite is here. I mean, I'll tell you who... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go slightly, uh, let me check before that, because I think there's a little perception. Oh, great. Never mind. People are on him. Dang it. I was kind of hoping Brooks was flying underneath the radar, 8600, but Pat Mail, I think, probably bumped up his ownership. I looked this morning, 50 to 1. I immediately bet that blind. You know, I do have a little bit of uh, good success betting Brooks Koepka blind at a TPC course at 50 to 1.
0: We know one. he plays tough events, he, and you know he has the stones to sit in there and make the big shots without any hesitance in the uh, big moments.
1: Right, like, his his long-term form still isn't going to jump out in the numbers, even his short-term form, but his past couple events were not bad. Were not bad. Third at Phoenix, missed at Genesis, sixteenth at Honda. Like, that, those are decent finishes, for him. I mean, Genesis is a little disappointing. Missed at farmers. Bad century tournament of champions, but you know, you never know on that event. Some some guys are just warming up. So I don't know. e six hundred for Brooks Kepka just feels way too cheap, and, and he's not jumping off statistically, so this might just be more of a, you know, play the play the back class on him.
0: I'm I I'm with you on a lot of fronts and especially the fact that you could play all six guys from this tier and set a good lineup. Brooks, I mean, that's a low price on him. I'm I think I'm going Adam Scott here. Yeah. I wish he would have finished a little bit better at the uh, Arnold Palmer, um but he still was T26. He's had a handful of top 10s in the, since the start of the year, uh whether it's been here or it's been over on the uh, DP World Tour. And you talked about him before we got into the field itself. He's not missed a cut. He's a champion in 2004. His game fits the course, and if he can make some putts, then let's get going. I don't know if he's going to make any putts or not, but I feel like if I get him and Hideki in a lineup together, I'm hoping I get two made cuts out of those guys, with both with big-time win or top-five potential. So I know Hideki in the tier before, but I was likening the two of them as far as you know, great T to green-type players. Uh, give me some Adam Scott here. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm not being risky enough with my pick here.
1: So last week at API, he lost four and a half shots on approach but gained six and a half putting. After,
0: what? After and I gained, do remember he rinsed one that I was befuddled by.
1: Oh, uh, that could have done it. And then he, he, he gained 7.2 strokes putting at Genesis. Like, what the heck is going on with Adam Scott where he's gaining massive strokes putting? Um, Price is fair. He's certainly one of the guys I've starred, but um, I don't know what to do with him.
0: That's Adam Scott in a nutshell.
1: Well, that's true. I mean... Zalatoris 50-1 to 1 might be a like decent bet. You know, he had a horrible Sunday. Like, I think his front nine, he was shot in the 40s. All of a sudden, I looked down like, oh, he's got a birdie streak on the back nine. Like, maybe he figured something out in the second nine, but it's with him, it's the putter. But, I mean... He we know he shows up at these tough events, so Oh yeah.
0: He was twenty first last year.
1: So I mean I think that's more of a that here. I'll give you what what are we doing with Daniel Berger coming off that Honda collapse?
0: Um he didn't make a putt. You know what's hilarious? I went and played golf with some friends Wednesday, and a buddy of mine made like a 40 footer for Birdie. Might even been a fifty footer. And, uh, we were all watching golf, like we were watching at home, but we were texting each other back and forth. I said, dude, you just made more foot of putt than Daniel Berger made all Sunday. And everybody chuckled. We had a good laugh about it. I mean, it was a collapse, dude. He didn't get anything to drop. I've got Daniel Berger currently number four out of this group of got 10 guys in the AKs. I'm, I'm using them. I used them on, uh, that bar sheet, um, contest that probably no one has any clue what I'm talking about, but. Um, You pick an A, B, C, and D. I used him there, too. I'm still in on Daniel Berger.
1: I am, too. Oh, I think I am. But man, that putter
0: was... It was ugly. Can't get any worse.
1: No. Um. I mean, I have Louis Starr. Sure. Sunjay feels a little too cheap.
0: Yeah. and maybe, he's a tough grinder on a course like this.
1: But if, you know, maybe my favorite play here, playing well, Shane Lowry, 8K, like... Mm-hmm. And if, if it's supposed to be wet and windy, I mean, I don't think that'll bother Lowry as long as he doesn't notice and doesn't happen to be a quick downpour on 18. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, what a disaster. I'm Dude, I'm totally with you on Shane Lowry as well. Not only the weather, but Shane Lowry was eighth here last year. He had a 16th back in 2016. Shane Lowry showed great form uh, recently here at the Honda, so I'm with you. Shane Lowry's my number three. What are you doing with Billy Horschel here?
1: Um, he's number nine for me in this list.
0: Are um, you kidding me?
1: No, I mean, I you know, again, realize Billy Horschel's not a guy to get right, which, again, is why I drafted him in our league, so I can just play him there. And I don't have to worry about it in DraftKings. You know, I can, he misses a cut. Oh, well, I'm going to get it right one spot. He did impress me, though, yesterday. Like, was he like mm-hmm. five or six over? he he kind of fought himself fought himself back in contention. But
0: yeah, he and Gooch were horrible in that final pairing. And uh, Horschel and, and to Gooch's credit, he he fought back strong enough to not completely nose dive and stayed t seven, just outside of the top six to let my top six is all cash clean. Thank you, Mister Gooch. Um, Horschel fought back and played really well, dude. This is Florida. We're in Billy's homeland. He's been uh, nothing but a top twenty machine this entire, uh, well, since the Farmers. I won't say this entire season, but uh, outside of the Sony, and of course he was twenty third at uh, tournament champions, eleventh at Farmers, six at Waste Management, sixteenth at Honda, second at API. Uh, dude, I'm on Billy.
1: I just like all the guys around a little bit better. Like I'd rather play Sungjae, I'd rather play Scott, I'm certainly would rather play Lowry.
0: Okay, I think I'm with you on Scott and Lowry. I don't, I don't agree with Sungjae, but hey, that's what makes this fun. And uh, for for once, we're we're quite different. That's okay. Who are you fading out of this tier?
1: Well, I mean, I've mentioned everybody except Tony Finau.
0: Well, that's where I'm at too.
1: Just putting's not there. Bogey avoidance is not there. Just not good form. And again, I just like too many guys around him. So. Yeah, when I when I make my final cuts, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I I think I'm gonna have to start with the 8K because I cannot play. You know, I'm playing five lineups. I cannot play eight guys in the 8K range. So,
0: <laughs> let me ask you this: because Finao's my cut, my fade too. If Finau was 7,900 and Burns was 8,500, would you would you like be completely uh, up in arms about that? No. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm not saying Burns deserves to be ahead of Lowry because uh, he, he he had a bad stretch, missed a few cuts. So I'm not saying he deserves to be ahead of any of those guys. I'm just saying, like, Finau should be, like, down there with Burns at 7,900, 7,800.
1: But, I mean, is there anybody in the that are mispriced, though? Because, really, you know who should be in the
0: 8s is Spieth. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Like, I'm not sure who you would move up, though. What, you move up Louie? I mean, quite frankly, oh, I would Berger. move up Louie. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Uh, sure.
1: What, what's funny is Zalatoris is the highest priced eight k guy, and I would not move him up.
0: No, nor would I. That's what I'm saying. And Zalatoris is in the middle of the the pack for me as far as the price and uh, what you get for it. But yeah, out to, to me just stands out as a guy who's just not playing really well right now, and I want absolutely nothing to do with. And if he wins this tournament, so be it. He could ba- he barely just figured out how to win a tournament on the uh, you know in the states. And I'm not expecting him to... I'm just not ready for him to win the big one yet. Like, I, I feel like I'd move past that moment.
1: Yeah, watch Now win, though, just to kind of spite all of us.
0: You know what? If he did, I don't dislike the guy, so good on him.
1: I mean, you won't talk about... I never thought I'd see the day that he's projected at sub-3%.
0: Right, he's a very popular player, right?
1: Right, and outside of Burger Lowry's a little popular, but nobody else, I mean, even Lowry's not, and Scott, like they're not they're sub fifteen percent, so burger seems to be very popular.
0: Tony Fino, eighty to one. Interesting. Interesting yeah. stuff.
1: Are we ready to take it to the seven K? Oh man. Yes, there's a lot of
0: people here some juicy names keep in mind pricing did come out before the API finished so uh, keep that in mind if it if it matters to you at all skeeter I'm not gonna read through them all you gotta you got a juicy list of names who stands out to you
1: uh, there's a few names that stand out to me especially price wise like there's some, some like I don't get why they're the price they are but I mean 60 to one I think he is. This is gonna kind of be hard for me to avoid Terrell Hatton, especially after the way he fit. I mean, you want to talk about impressive performances on Sunday? After mm-hmm. a seventy-eight on Saturday, he bounced back at sixty-nine, one of the better rounds of the day, and gave himself a chance to win. And, Showed it. I mean, again, if this is gonna to be t- tough weather, I don't think that bothers the old Brit and Hatton. Um, you know, rates out decently well, and birdies, birdies are better bogey avoidance, So I like that combination and opportunities gained. Oh, sorry, that's Sam Burns, sorry. Wrong guy.
0: I don't (laughs) mind Burns
1: either. Uh, Hatton, Tita green, bogey avoids, par 4, 450-500, scrambling. So, and coming off a really good API, and of course, maybe I'm trying to think of last year where we had Bryson and Lee Westwood be the final twosome at API, and then for the players, they were the final two. So, maybe I'm trying to read into that a little bit, but 7800 away Hatton played last week. Maybe this is the next step for Hatton?
0: You know, I mean, he's got the big win over in uh, Europe, but he does not have the big win over here just yet. This certainly could be it. And it's not like he just started playing well at API or whatever. I mean, because with, trust me, I'm on Hatton too. He was just 33 to 1, at least, you know, in my book last week. So he was one of the pseudo second layer favorites, if you will. Yeah, I mean, he was fourth at Dubai. He was sixth in uh, Abu Dhabi. Like, not like he was just – he's coming out of nowhere. He's a world-class player. He's been in the top ten. I don't know that he's in the top ten right now in OWGR. In fact, he's probably not, but it's not its not that long ago he was. So I'm with you. Hatton is a great play. I'm going back to the – well, Gary Woodland has done nothing to dissuade me from thinking that he is a power play again. 7400 Pricing came out before he almost won and then absolutely erupted and blew it. But you know what? He was still there in contention. Gary Woodland hasn't been great at the players, but I'm coming off two top fives. If he can keep that driver in play, Gary Woodland can get the job done here. He did finish 11th back in 2014. He's missed three cuts, and he's had three eh finishes since then.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, he, I nearly used him in our contest. The bar one that you keep referring
0: to. I had to. He was, one the, he was the D player. I used him and Chris Kirk, well, I use Sebastian Munoz, but yeah, which was a nice move. By the way, I looked at his recent form. I thought about Woodland,
1: but yeah, he, he gained six or six strokes putting last week. He's figuring something out on the putter because his strokes game putting has been pretty good and the irons are starting to come around. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm adding him to the list. I'm going to have like 35 guys. That I'm going to have to cut down to 15. This is going to be fun, but
0: it's the toughest field in golf for a reason, bro.
1: It is, but no, I I can't argue with you on that, on woodland. Um, I mentioned by like Burns accidentally. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, where's he? Okay, Paul Casey seventy four hundred. Mm hmm. I expected him to be massively popular. Right now, he's coming only in at ten percent, which is really hard for me to believe. Because if that's the case, all right, we're using Paul Casey like.
0: He's recency bias record here. Yeah. He, burned, I, I'm guaranteeing you, he, uh, he, he blew up a few lineups with a 77, 83 weekend. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the issue. Um, by the way, I had Paul Casey in some lineups last week. I'll go back to him. He's one of the seven K guys that I'm taking a peek at.
1: Yeah. Um, Russell Henley continues to rate out really well. What has he done here? I,
0: He's been okay he's had his moments here because that's 7400 pack by the way him and Sergio I like all three of them I don't necessarily like Tommy but his course history is good too
1: I love to play Tommy but I'm just I just can't do it right now um
0: Russ Henley's good times here were 2014 and 2015 with the 17th and 24th 35th and 2017 miscuts in the other four more recent players championships okay
1: um, okay. I mean C Wu at seventy three hundred, he's Pete Dice specialist is one here. Um I mean, we were talking about him before the show and I I don't know what he's gonna do here, but I can't lay off camera to young at seventy two hundred. I mean Yep. Good are better, good opportunities gain, like maybe if you know weather's okay, he's the type of play. I don't know what he would be like in a win-fest, but, I mean, he kind of hung around a little bit. I mean, he was a great API, but he was certainly solid. So, good par-4 player, good par-5 strokes game player. I mean, he's there for me. Gooch and List read out well statistically. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. Gooch, I'm with you.
1: I'll save Chris Kirk for you, but, you know, Tom Hoagie impressed me a little bit last week. He started 6-over. Actually, I think he was 8-over at one point on Thursday Got back to six over, shoots three under on Friday to make the cut. Like, he, he ended up having a, you know, 32nd place, which isn't, you know, yippee, but where, where he started at Thursday afternoon, to say that he made the cut and finish 32nd it was pretty remarkable, and the guy just keeps playing well.
0: 78-69.
1: Right, like, just, and I think he was eight over at one point, so, I mean, he fought back nicely.
0: I like that. I like to see that too. That's something you really like to see on a course like this. Guys that can take a punch in the mouth and come back.
1: Yes, and he rates out really well in approach. Actually, rates out really well in bogey avoidance. That's even after last week. And birdies are better.
0: I'm gonna go Chris Kirk because you said you're gonna save him for me. I appreciate that. Look, the guy was 14th at Waste Management, seventh at Honda, fifth at the API. I've had the win bet, the top six bet on him the last two weeks. I guarantee you he's on my ticket again this week. You want to talk about a guy with a really good course history here at the players? Now, you're only going to get a couple of top 15s here, but this is going back to 2013. 55th, 13, 13, withdrawal, 12th, 46, 56, 48. Not one miscut, a withdrawal. I mean, at 7,200, a guy playing really good right now, this is a misprice. Chris Kirk's going to be in a ton of my lineups once again. He was in 40% of my lineups last week. I wish it would have been more. I wish it would have been more the week before, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, playing these form guys that are a bad thing. I mean, he rates out top 15 in all my short term models. Even over 36 rounds, he's 28th, which at 70K is fine. Good par four, good scrambler, um, good Tina Green. It's the approach, the scoring, maybe not necessarily there.
0: He's missing short putts and making long putts. Can we just kind of figure something out there?
1: Oh, yeah, because what was it? He missed, like, two shorties on 10 and 11 yesterday and then – what whole and then
0: drained a like 30 bomb. Yeah, yeah, I forget the whole number, but it was like, "Oh my god, that." And I'm like, "Actually, that doesn't make up for the two missed ones cuz if he two puts there and one puts the other two, we're still one stroke better off. That does not make up for it, but at least certainly softens the blow."
1: Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> he's on my list. Uh Keith Mitchell also can rates up pretty well in scrambling and and scoring just not a great approach, so I don't know about that one, but What
0: about Max Homa?
1: Crazy upside. Um,
0: yeah, I'm using him. I might bet him again this week, too. I
1: mean, hey, hey, he got me my 250 crowns with his hole-in-one on Saturday. So
0: Nice. I probably got that, too, then. I need to do some crown claiming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he bought everybody uh, Arnold Palmer's. Nice. And I'd, I'd be sitting there asking, where's the vodka? I need my John Daly. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's a copyright on that, so I don't want to get myself in trouble. What? <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? with jason day pass okay um had been playing pretty good has obviously won this tournament before
1: mm-hmm.
0: Withdrew last week for his mother's death and i've seen that go one of two ways i could see it being horrible i could see it being a great motivator he has a fantastic course history here i'm interested in jason day man i get it um
1: yeah, you never know how they respond to that. Um, was it his he's mom or
0: mother-in-law? Oh, or- I thought it was his mother, if I'm mis- No, this actually, speaking. I think
1: you're right. You're right. I mean, I again, another guy I get to play, I just... I don't know. His recent... I'm looking at his stats. He's been struggling to approach opportunities gained, so that's just kind of an issue for me. So, I'm passing, but... I he's
0: 80-1 to one at the book, too. I'm really giving that a thought.
1: I mean... If you have a feeling like on a guy this week, go with it. Numbers are there.
0: Anything else from the seven Ks? No. I said I wasn't going to play Leishman. I might still play him. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick is a guy that I'm still very intrigued uh, with. Uh, yeah. He he came back and showed that he was he was good to go last week at API. So his stretch has been good. This seems like a Matt Fitzpatrick kind of play, especially if the weather gets nasty. Like. Um, He's at the high end of 7K here, but I'm going to use him too. He's also very popular too. He's, okay. he's going to get some attention, so. Yeah, ninth here last year, two fortieth ish places before that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't mind the play, but yeah, it's, it's I don't know, it's, He might be one, if if it's going to look like it's bad weather, I think I'm more intrigued because I don't
0: think he made a ton of birdies last week. No, he was Mr. Bogey Avoidance last week. That's where he was at. In fact, let me find him again real quick because, yeah, that was the talk about him was how long he went without making bogeys. He had – are you ready for this? Seven birdies, one eagle, eight bogeys, finished one under par. T9. I mean – that's bogey avoidance, bro. At least on that course, eight bogeys in in four days is bogey avoidance. There.
1: That's, I mean, that he does that at U.S. Open. He might, uh, he might find
0: himself with a uh, with a with a win. All right. Is there now? Is there anybody else? Because I'm, I'm. Uh, by the way, I'm starting to talk myself into Tommy Fleetwood with his great course history after the twentieth at or API. He hosed me at Honda, but I'm starting to think about it. What? Now, who are we fading out of these seven K golfers? Ah, uh, Patrick Reed. You know, I really hate to just keep fading the same guy you're fading, but Patrick Reed's like the obvious answer for myself as well. Um, and again, it's like this is a course fit for him, but I just can't do it. Like th- this, this looks like a this seems like a field or or, or course where he would win at some point at least the way Patrick Reed was two years ago. I don't know if that golfer is gone. I, I mean, honestly, maybe that golfer just doesn't exist anymore. But at 7,300, it seems crazy, but I'm with you, man.
1: <clears throat> okay, so I have not got to watch or listen to it yet, but do you see our uh, Sam Harrop made a new song today?
0: I have not watched it yet. I've actually been doing stuff today, which is a rarity for me at this time of year, but I have not. No, I've saved the uh, the the push notification on my phone. But it was dedicated to, I believe, the beautiful Justine, right?
1: Yes, and her uh, burger account.
0: So I looked when he we tweeted out yesterday that there's a new song coming, and you zoom in to his picture, and you'll see the picture on the wall, and that usually has a picture of whoever the song is about. Right. So that was just the Easter egg there, and I was like, huh, I wonder what this is about. Um, so there it is. Not the Easter egg, but whatever you call that, the uh, the, the the profile egg. picture. that it, is yeah. that the egg? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, no, I haven't listened to it yet, but I imagine that's going to be uh, – I'll probably do that while I walk up the driveway to get the garbage cans after this. Nice. That's that's what kind of exciting life I live. I mean, more exciting than it might be right now, so. <laughs> uh, are we ready to go to 6K? Yep. Are you going to 6K? Yes. I think I am too. Um, I think there's a couple names that are intriguing to me. Um, we'll start with you. Where are you going first?
1: I mean, he was
0: third here last year.
1: I liked him in match play, and I think it was part of this, this p record. Brian Harmon at 6,900 feels a little underpriced here. Huh? Especially, he's, he's showing some form. Missed the kind of number at Honda. It was all putting. But 14th at Phoenix, 65th at Pebble. That's just a bizarre event. Third at the Amex. like He has a couple decent finishes, so he's starting to come back to form. Like the Pete Die courses, 6,900 just seems like he's a better player than most of the guys. Or at least I have more, more confidence in him than some of these other guys. Rates out decently well in the short, short-term models, so I he's one I have some int- interest in.
0: Should we be worried that you and I probably have the same favorite 6K guy? No. Okay. That just feels like somebody asked you, go, okay, wait a minute. Why is he 6K then if we both like him this much? I mean, I'm with you too. I looked at it, and the first thing I thought was as I was going through course history, I was like, oh, Brian Harmon's got a nice little little run going here. What does he look like? Uh, and I was like, oh, my goodness, he's dirt cheap. So, I mean, I think Brian Harmon is probably my favorite play in 6K as well. But I do think there are a couple other guys that I like as well. Yeah, Harmon, third and eighth, and he had an eighth way back in 2015, too. So three top tens for a guy who's seemingly in decent form at 6,900. So Harmon's my favorite, but another guy that I like, and I'm trying not to be a homer with our little golf league here, but Keegan Bradley, dude, at 6,900, he has a decent course history, and he's making cuts. He seems like the kind of guy and maybe I'm again overrating this this philosophy, but a guy who if he gets burned by his putter at least he's not going in the water, he can <laughs> he can find the he can find the green. And this is Keegan Bradley over the last 5 tournaments here. 29th, 16th, 7th, 60th, 35th. That's 5 consecutive made cuts. Any of those results quite frankly at 6900 are doing good for me. He was 11th at API last week. Finished strong enough as even par on his uh, Sunday round when the weather was bad. That's any indicator of the weather to come here in northern Florida. So, I don't know, man. I'm liking some Keegan Bradley.
1: I mean, he's in the Billy Horschel range for me where I never get the guy right. So, I will not be going there. But, I mean, hey, elite ball striker, if you can ever make a putter, be neutral putting, he'll give himself a chance.
0: Who else do you like down here?
1: 6,300 Sam Ryder. Um, putter's been good. His irons, he's gained three of his past four events. His recent finish is 61st at API, 9th at Honda, 26th at Genesis, 23rd at Phoenix. Like, he's got four solid finishes in a row, and he's towards the bottom. Like, even if I get a big cut from Sam Ryder, I'm fine with that. But then at 6,300? Like, good par 5 guy, good version better, maybe not the best bogey avoidance. But he just kind of... You know, it does one or two things pretty well. And with a little bit of decent form at 6,300, I think he's worth a flyer and gives me some salary for it again, those 9K guys.
0: If I'm crazy enough, can I go back to Nick Watney? 6,200. He barely made the cut, by the way. He skips one over the water on like 16 or 15 or whatever to make birdie from, like, a bunker. I sent you that. Did you see that shot I sent you from Friday? I don't remember that. Okay, maybe that's why nobody in our group chat, uh, for our league group chat, responded to it. Maybe it didn't go through. He literally is in a bunker and skips one off of the water. And it up to the front of the green and then two putts for birdie made the cut by one. I think he made the cut by minus two. So he barely made the cut, but then in ended up finishing up T 20. He was my six K even my stone cold minimum special last week. I don't really do that, but you get the idea. He he was last week and he was really good. So I'm thinking about going back to him here at 6,200. I mean, you and I were both on him. I didn't, he was one of my final cuts
1: and actually yesterday he was up there. And I think he took a nine on one of the late par, like 15 or something like Because All of a sudden I was like, what the heck happened to him? Like, Oh, good grief. He hit two out of bounds on a hole.
0: He probably tried to skip it over the water again. Um, I'll, I'll resend you that shot. It was spectacular. Cause I'm sitting here watching on Friday and I'm like, and then the announcer's like, you know what? Maybe he tried to do that. I'm like, I don't know. And I think he said he meant to do it, but I, I don't know. At any rate, uh, he interests me at the very bottom. Harry Higgs at 6100, dude. He has a, a little bit of a, a moment for the spotlight. And he was decent here last year. Or any interest at all in Harry Higgs at sixty-one?
1: I did not look at him. Um,
0: yeah, he's not. He's not great. been playing great. That's for no, sure.
1: He's not been reading out very well over thirty-six. Yeah, no, he doesn't read out very well for me.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, there you go. You can play your guy uh, Higgs and Lahiri.
0: We got well. We got plenty of guys down in here now. Quite frankly. Uh, we obviously need to mention at 6,700, Charlie Hoffman. Um, he is grossly mispriced. Even with an injury, he's the greatest player ever. Um, no, Hoffman struggling at 6,700. I'm like, I don't know. if I, You know I'll have him in one lineup, and I'll probably bet him. But it's almost like I have to set a separate lineup and just throw it away because he's not playing good, but you know I'm going to use him.
1: Kucher is slightly intriguing. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. I like Munoz again at six thousand seven hundred. Uh
0: um, huh. And, and I'm with you too. I'll use him. What about Martin Laird? If we're uh, getting back towards the top, he's six thousand eight
1: hundred. I did not notice him. What has good old Marty Laird been doing
0: recently? Making cuts. He did not have a good Sunday in that weather.
1: Yeah, putter's been a little uh, issue, a little bit issue, but. Gained four, gained nearly five strokes on approach. Lost two putting, lost, or three putting, and two off the tee. I, I mean, I guess I just—he's a good cut maker.
0: Like, but what's what's his upside? Okay, that's fair. Uh, his upside is beating Matt Wolf in a playoff at the Shriners.
1: Well, this isn't the Shriners,
0: and hey, they're the same price. That's, that's fair. <laughs> they were not the same price that day. Matt Wolf was the uh, prohibitive favorite. But at any rate, um, I don't think I have any more 6K guys uh, to I mention. mean, if I'm
1: playing somebody 6,800. I
0: mean, well, oh Frankie actually has a pretty uh, – yeah. Frankie Molinari has got to be in play too, right?
1: I don't know where he's at, though.
0: So. He's at 6,800? Oh, no, 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 no,
1: no. That, I know. I mean, he's making cuts but just not doing much. Losing strokes with irons. Uh, C.T. Pan actually kind of intrigued me a, a little bit. Uh, 60th at Honda, 9th at Genesis. So, I mean, he's had back-to-back good performances. Honda was irons. Genesis was putting, like... You know, he's played well. Didn't he nearly win Wyndham?
0: Pan, I can't say that off the top of my head, but I do feel like he, oh, he had won, a, uh...
1: Yeah, he won Heritage. I think he hit a ball out of bounds on in, at Wyndham in 2018 when he, uh... Lost to Snedeker. a year, Snedeker shot 59 in the first round, and then kind of had to hang on. CT Pan was pressing him, so you know the Southeast has had a, has had a couple decent finishes around here. Top 10 in RSM, maybe I'm trying to push it a little bit, but CT Pan's not a bad flyer for me.
0: Actually, I just gave it a peek. I'm, I'll write him down. I'm, I'm certainly going to consider him. I mean,
1: Aaron Wise rates out well statistically. I know he went through a slump. He was good last week. Lost four and a half strokes putting, but, you know. It's okay. Right a little bit of form. I don't think he's bad. Um, nobody else really kind of jumps out at me. Um, Mito do Pereira, you have, I guess, but I think people will be on him, and I don't know what to do with him.
0: Do you have a fade for me?
1: Oh, I'm sure I can find one here. Um. Oh, is that Johnson 6K?
0: Oh, wow, where did that come That didn't from? sound like a fade to me. No. <laughs> like, how bad is that Johnson beat
1: it? He's 6K. 42nd API. Missed at Honda. 43rd at Phoenix. 14th at Amex. What's his history here? Sorry, I didn't mean to... Go is, on. He
0: had a. It's been a while, but he had some decent uh, finishes here.
1: I mean, multiple. Yeah, there you go. Multiple major winner at six k. Like, okay, we'll throw we'll a star by him. Um, my fade. Richie Orwinski, because the only thing he rates out well is forty fifth in putting.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um. My fade, I honestly don't really have one. Um, My my fade, if I was being really, really honest, would be Hoffman because of the injuries and how bad he's been playing, and the fact that I'm normally like really pressing uh, to play him and like him. So, frankly, that would be my real fade if I if I'm giving you an honest one. Um, I'm still dumb enough to probably bet him though. ABC, right? Not dumb enough. I'm obligated. FOMO. You know who my fade is, Matt Wallace. Boy, did he hose me last week at API. We uh, can keep fade mad. him. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a good fade.
1: Can I give you another non fade?
0: Yeah, Pat Perez. No, <laughs> not that I'm trying to add more to your list.
1: I mean, hey, I mean, hey, he made a cut last week. I bet him didn't work out so well, but on that front, but hey, he made a cut. Thomas Peters is 6,300. He was okay last week. I mean, granted, it
0: was all putting. Or He's like top 50 in the world or something, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's 32nd. I mean, gained it off the tee, gain around the green, gained putting. He lost 4.1 on approach. That's not good. But... There's
0: a reason you're down here in 6K. Right. I mean, he's
1: better than some of these other guys. I mean, he's better than Scott Piercy or Kevin Tway or Cage Lee. You know, it is a TPC course, so Cage Lee's always in play. I'm going to have to use my uh, Pete Dye filter on some of these to narrow this down from
0: 35. I don't think that's a bad thing to do. I've definitely got many more 7K, 6K names written down than normal. I can tell you that.
1: I mean, I have 35 guys start. This is just absurd.
0: That's that's the case with this field, though. When you've got the everyone's here. Like, it's not just the best of the best. It's everyone. Everyone's here. Right. I mean, Bryson's not here. Phil's not here. Tiger's not here. Everyone's not here. Who'd you say? Kevin Nah no. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, but for the most part, I mean, I would imagine when the dust dust settles, we're going to have, what do you think, uh, 45 of the top 50 players in the world here?
1: I'd say more than that. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, Tiger's probably out of there by now. I don't know where Phil stands. I don't know. And
1: it was uh, Takumi Kanaya, I think, from Japan's top 50. I don't think he's in this field. I mean, well, Skeeter. I mean, could this be a strong field if it doesn't have Ricky in it?
0: Uh, is Ricky Fowler not in this field? He is not. He did
1: not. Qu- he's like seventh alternate.
0: That's crazy. As a past champ, that he's not in this field. I, mean, I realize we're coming off of Matt Every not being in the field last week at API. Uh, so, gosh, that is crazy, man. You want to talk about looking at a guy popping? Uh, at this tournament. Ricky Fowler. I mean, we're talking missed cuts, a forty seventh, a seventy-seventh, a sixty. So by God, anybody with any history here can win this thing. Yes. <laughs> that's what makes this tournament pretty awesome. I mean, that's why I'm like really planning on doing an all day watch fest Friday and just just watching golf until my eyes bleed, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Skeeter, are we ready to take it to one and done, brother? Yes. I went with Jason Kokrak last week. Thought I was going to be cute. That wasn't cute. I mean, I went
1: Adam. or Adam Dunn. Where in the world is Adam Dunn coming from? Adam Scott. I mean, I'm a White Sox fan, so for White Sox legend Adam Dunn, Bennett Carroll would be loving that one. But um,
0: you remember he made his name with the Reds too. So yes, I mean, I I've did. seen Adam Dunn play many a game. Yeah. Uh, in person.
1: Perfect. The big donkey. Beer league softball player, home run or strikeout.
0: Um, God, so because know. you mentioned his name, I have to tell you this real quick. We were at a Reds game where he fielded a ball in the outfield. And if you remember, he played, he was a backup quarterback at like Texas, I think. Oh um, I, he was I a college quarterback, dude, but just was a better football or a baseball player. Um it didn't start, but played at a big time college. And uh he uh so you would think he could throw the foot throw the ball a little bit, right? Dude, he fields a ball in left field and he legitimately throws it. And I think he threw right-handed, right? But he bat left-handed. He throws it and never lets go of the ball and it hits the center field wall <laughs> from left field. And we're all sitting in the outfield. Me and my buddies were all like, what did we just see? And we're like, well, that's why he's a hitter. So, yes, the big donkey was definitely a softball-type player, uh, but I enjoyed him. I loved him as a Reds player. I have no idea why his name came out of your mouth, but I had to throw my two cents in there. I have
1: no idea why either. I was going to say Adam Scott, but I don't, know why. I don't know where Adam Dunn came from.
0: That's okay. Well, the good news is, Skeeter, I have more than a million dollars in one-and-done now. Nice. Yeah, hooray me. I'm at 1.43 after uh, Adam Scott's lovely
1: performance got me a few thousand.
0: You're smoking me. I used Billy Horschel a week too early. I used them at the Honda. I should have used them last week. But at any rate, That's the way it works. There is as much money to be had as there will be all year. There's no reason to hold back if you have a feeling on a guy like Morikawa, Hovland. There is no saving a player for another tournament unless you're certain they're going to win it. Right? Correct. I mean, and and we're not certain of anybody winning a tournament in the future.
1: Right. Like. It doesn't matter. You pick someone you think will win. Yeah, that's it.
0: I'm with you on that. I mean, that's it's kind of a an, an obvious thing. And and again, it's there's no course fit, so it's not even like, you know, you weren't saving anybody. I'm with you. I'm thinking about using Hovland. Morikawa makes a ton of sense. Um, Cantley makes a ton of sense. Hideki is there. I'm not really going much past like the. Uh, I don't know. That's about as far as I'm going. I don't even know if I'll go as low as Shane Lowry here. I'm using Morikawa. Okay, that's fair. Like that's fair. I think I'm going to use Hovland. I'd thought about using Hovland at the uh, at the Open Championship. Um, I don't know why. Like I can't even say that I know he's a course fit there, but I might well just use him here.
1: Yeah, I get. I mean, with this being such a high payout, like you just have. Who do you like to win? Who do you think is the best chance to win? that you like, use them. It yep. pays more than a master. It pays more than any Major.
0: I'm with you there.
1: Like, this is not the week to go get Paul Casey cute or... Um,
0: Jason Coe crack cute.
1: Yeah. Like, you, you <laughs> use one of your big guys, and you hope... Because, I mean, if you... I mean, if you get this one right... You know, $3 million is going to go a long way. Granted, there will be some other people to do it, and so maybe there's game theory reasons, but this doesn't feel like a time for game theory.
0: I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm 100% with you. This is the week to, to fire away and get get the best player you can.
1: Yeah, so right now for me, it's Morikawa. Um, Holland's interesting. Um, just hope, uh, if you're using Holland this week, just hope he avoids the bunkers, because good grief. He, he uh... He had some uh, struggles on the beach.
0: Was that yeah. 17 that he whacked out of the bunker and it was so ugly looking? And he had a bad stance, but it was like, oh, my God, that looked bad. And I think he made bogey out of it and was okay. But Saturday, right? I was thinking it was yesterday, Sunday.
1: I, no, Maybe it
0: wasn't 17. Maybe it was, it was earlier in the round. Maybe it was uh, before 17. It
1: could have been, but, yeah.
0: Because he... I thought he went pin hunting on 17 and got uh, got like an awkward lie in that bunker. Um, the one that washes into the water, which by the way, we never mentioned it. That's probably my last API thought of the season. I get a kick out of that bunker, uh, just having no border between it and the water. I don't know that I want to see that on every golf course, but I don't know. It always, I always get a kick out of it when I see that every year. Yeah.
1: That's
0: all. That's all I got. I don't know what that, 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 that made a single lick of sense, but there it is. No, it does. I
1: just
0: don't have an opinion. I don't have much of it. I'm trying to envision it and I don't remember seeing that. It's like the landscaper in me. Yeah, the the bunker, so as you're facing the, the 17th green on uh, at the API, has that bunker that is um, basically on the front right and then just, just tapers into the water with a red line of spray paint, basically telling you where, I guess, high tide? I, not really, since it's fresh water, but I don't know.
1: Huh. I wish, I could, I, wish I could be of yeah. help here, but I'm just not.
0: That's okay. That's okay. Do we have anything left about the players? I
1: don't think so. Again, coverage will be there if you want. Um, it's just, you know, embrace the variance, you know, play it, you know, just kind of play what you want and don't go completely nuts.
0: Well, I've already gone completely nuts, but I'll try to continue that process uh, or try to discontinue that process.
1: Well, I mean, hey, you have three, uh, you have three top <laughs> sixes at cash, so you got a, a good reason.
0: Yeah, it's such an easy way to like rationalize blowing this money on a bunch of millymakers, which is, I'm going to do as opposed to turning the back and back uh, door open and going, Oh, you know, you haven't cashed the book for three straight weeks before this week. You should think about how that's uh, replacing money. You've spent not money. You uh, won, but whatever. Yeah. Who would think about it like that? Just do whatever you want. (laughs) Exactly. Oh goodness. Well, Skeeter, that's all I've got for the players, brother. Yeah. I don't think
1: I have much either um outside, or much more outside of this
0: so well good luck to you i'm certainly looking forward to the fifth major and uh, definitely looking forward to uh enjoying all day golf on thursday friday and cut sweats and let's get some six of sixes if we can be close to the number this week it should be a very profitable week. i
1: think six six will be very low this
0: week uh, that's my expectation i think i think i'll cash some five of sixes that i didn't catch on six of sixes last week yep i agree well, good luck to you. Good luck to everyone else. Appreciate you listening. And for Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.